The Kern Institute Podcast Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Medic, medical education in countryside communities, where we have conversations about issues related to educating future physicians in rural communities. This series of interviews is with the team and graduates of the Advocates in Medicine Pathway, or AMP, program. The Advocates in Medicine Pathway program supports the professional development of individuals from Wisconsin interested in attending medical school at the Medical College of Wisconsin, Central Wisconsin campus to promote a diverse future healthcare workforce built around resilience, relationships, and systems-based knowledge. Please take a listen and we hope you enjoy. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Medical Education in Countryside Communities, where we talk about various topics around doing medical education in rural areas. Today, we have the great fortune of speaking with Dr. Corey Norbaum. And as always, I am in partner with Dr. Anita Bubik anderson today. Hello, everybody. So welcome, Dr. Norbaum. Thank you. So uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your journey? How did you become a doctor and how did you get to MCW Central Wisconsin? I think that I I started to want to be a physician when I was in ninth grade. And um, I'm from Eland, Wisconsin, population 200, first generation college student. My dad had attended a couple of classes out at River Falls because he was in agriculture and such, but no college graduates in the family. My two older sisters chose to not go to college. And so I was this oddity. Um, But I initially wanted to be a veterinarian, but um, then decided to be a people doctor, the urging of my mother. Um, So, I mean, my journey was one that um, there were a lot of, let's see, how can I say, uh, not uncertainties, but like, uh, it was just really flying by the seat of my pants. Yes, yes. You know, just even the college search thing. I mean, Mm. I remember applying to a program that ended up not working out and then feeling all like, oh, what am I going to do now? And my mom said to me, oh, I heard there's this little university um, in Marathon Park. It's supposed to be really good. And, you know, like, I mean, she didn't know any more than like just hearing what other people said. And I mean, my parents were very supportive, but they also didn't have, you know, the experience in terms of like, what was it like to take that journey? And so, Um, I went from UW Marathon County to Marquette University. um, And then the medical school thing was just even more of a blind. Right, sure. A blind Marquette. Yeah, I I don't remember having a pre-professional advisor. I don't like, I mean, it was strange, you know. Back in the day, right? I mean, the same from where I went to school. It was sort of, you know, you're kind of on your own. You didn't Mm -hmm. have a lot of, there were no computers, (laughs) <laughs> yep. and, and and again, like um, I can remember filling out the AMPAS application, yep. you physically had to tick the boxes. And I was at home and um, my mom, she said to me, well, Mrs. Beckett said that if her son decides to go to medical school, he's going to try to go to Washington University in St. Louis because it's the Harvard of the Midwest. Okay. And I was like, mm, OK, never, never heard of it. <laughs> But click, you know, checked it off. And, uh, and as then, an option for a medical yeah. school, you're like, check, wow. check, 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 check. 
Yeah. So it turns out that Washington University um, actually ended up sending me a letter shortly thereafter saying, hey, we would really like you to complete our secondary application because we oh, think nice. that you might be eligible for um, the scholarship um, competition. So wow. um, ended up that um, I went through this application process and ended up getting a full tuition scholarship to Washington Whoa. University. Yeah. So it totally made my decision about yeah. where I'm going to but yeah, so, and I mean, and it turned out, I mean, my vision of, of medicine was always um, rural family medicine. Gotcha. That's just what I pictured medicine to be. I didn't mm. think of anything else. And when I went to medical school, I think in some ways it was a relief because I liked everything. And so then it was like, okay, I'm glad that I'm going to be a family doctor and can kind of try to incorporate all of this. Right. And so I knew that I wanted to do um, OB and so, you know, like just really sought out good experiences, prepping for residency and and orthopedics, thinking like, okay, if I'm in some small town somewhere, um, but, you know, just really trying to suck in as much as I could. And so then um, even though they didn't have a family medicine department at Washington University, I think it gave me a really good training. Again, flying by the seat of my pants because they didn't have a family medicine department. They didn't. No. So you went there thinking, I'm going to be a family doc. And they're like, what's that? Yeah, I didn't even know anything about different departments in medical yeah. schools. Mm. I mean, it was just like, oh, I'm going to medical school. <laughs> Interesting. So, okay, yeah, then I'll figure it out. Like, yeah, and then I'll yeah. come back here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then, um, you know, and I mean, the same thing with um, the boards. I mean, it's just so like, <laughs> I cannot relate because that was just another day. We were all in the auditorium, yeah. took the board, paper and, and pencil. Yep. 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 Um, wow. But then I went to um, Duluth, Minnesota okay. for my family medicine residency. Um, I purposely uh, chose that residency in the sense of um, that was my number one choice because mm. They catered to rural medicine practice. They were very strong with OB, um, had the chance to learn C-sections while up there. And it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, it is. is nice. Yeah, yeah. So um, went through my residency there and then practiced in Antigo, Wisconsin, doing um, full spectrum family medicine, C-sections, the geriatrics and everything in between, hospital clinic. There were no hospitalists in those days. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So worked there for 12 years um, and then went overseas and worked in New Zealand oh, as a wow. rural GP. And then after coming back in 2010, pretty much I've done shift work as far as um, ER or walk-in clinic type work, just because other interests developed. And, um, sure. you know, I think that, I mean, those interests were there, but sometimes when you're in a practice, a busy practice, just trying to survive, you know, keep your head above sure. water, can't really dabble in in that as much. And it turns out that, I mean, it was much more kind of in the public health realm or social mm. determinants of health, even though I didn't really know the language. Um, but over time, Started working more on projects related to things outside of clinics and hospitals that impacted health. And so um, started doing some work with the Wisconsin Institute for Public Policy and Service, initially around the Affordable Care Act and um, people's access to health insurance, health care. By that time, were you back in Wausau then? Yeah. Yeah. That was like in 2012, like 2013. I don't know, the more people that I, I guess I discovered that I'm a networker. It's like the more people that... I connected with, there was a lot of, I try to connect dots. And <clears throat> so, you know, like uh, some of the projects that I was working on initially had more of a state and national focus, but 
then started delving more <clears throat> into how that related in, in mm. local areas. So it relates to you know, like this medical school. I mean, yeah. I'm from this area. Right. Um, I could never picture a medical school in this area, like just because my training happened in uh, an urban area. Sure. And I couldn't imagine, you know, like what would a medical school here be? You know, yeah. what would that have been like for you from Eland? To know that there was a medical school 20 miles away. Yeah, you know, like it's a tough one. I think in some ways um, I probably wouldn't have chosen it because I felt like I needed to go mm. and explore other parts. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I mean, who knows? Sure. Um, right. I do think it's a really wonderful opportunity. It was funny because um, as there were talks about medical school, a medical school campus being located mm -hmm. somewhere in central Wisconsin, I mean, I kind of heard about it, but wasn't paying a lot of attention. But then when it really came to be, the executive director of WIPS, um, he, he said, hey, uh, I met with the, the person who's going to be the dean there. I think that you should meet her because I think I think you guys have some commonality. And nice. I remember meeting with Lisa. And at the time, I think that there wasn't really any certainty about like what this campus was mm -hmm. going to be looking like. But, you know, like from the get-go then, you know, we were hired as as navigators, yep. um, whatever that was. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, for students to help navigate this unusual, you know, like setup with it being a three-year curriculum and the longitudinal clerkship and just being new. Um, well, it's, and it sounds like a nice um, transition from what I heard you say, delving into medical education started with the community education aspect, and now you're into the, the campus itself, per se. So that's awesome. And we've we've spoken with Dr. Amy Perninsky already about, about the AMP program. And because of that interview, I'm sitting here listening to you, and I'm like, wow, I can see the personal ties for you, the, the not knowing like what is medical school? It seems like that's what AMP uh, Advocates in Medicine Pathway is trying to address. Yes. So, so yeah, how did you, I mean, it seems so, it's like such a personal idea. So can you talk more about the sort of origin story of AMP, like how you and Amy figured out this, the, the need, the, the gap and ways to address that? From a personal standpoint, I think it's gotten even more competitive from the standpoint of now with everything being computerized, there might be 8,000 people mm. applying for 200 slots and how, you know, right. the inequities that mm. that happen related to standardized testing and, and that type sure. of thing. But also that community engagement work that eventually, you know, like after the first year here, Amy and I um, became co-directors of the physician in the community course. And through that, we together had decided to do a Hmong History and Culture Day mm. um, for the new students as they came in. And, and I think that both of us uh, developed a lot of um, relationships in the community related to the physician in the community course. And like for me, like a lot of the work that I had been kind of doing, yeah, and, right. you know, like in conversations with people and, and Amy and I actually did gather some people and it wasn't a, an official focus group but we gathered people um central wisconsin Hmong um, professional group okay. and i don't know that it was even called that at the time but but just asking their experiences in terms of even going to college or like what kind of cultural um barriers might there be what kind of financial barriers what kind of um 
language and literacy and, you know, I mean, just kind of getting a grasp on was this kind of program needed in terms of like perceptions in the Hmong community, because Mm. the ratios in terms of the number of Hmong physicians in the community does not rival um, the number, the percentage of Hmong people in this area. That data is available. But again, it's more about like, what is the community perception and how important is it to have physicians that that look like you, that sure, um, right? understand your culture. Right. And I mean, there's literature about that in terms of in other cultures. And in general, we know that in education, too. Right, you know, right. That having the teacher up from the room who has a similar cultural background is going to actually enhance everyone's mm-hmm. experience. That's that's wonderful to recognize that. So, yeah. Yeah. So we, you know, like, I mean, so they're all, there was this you know, data surrounding us that made us think that, okay, this would be a good idea. Um, And Amy also had a lot of experience in terms of like the rural aspects in terms of um, representation in medicine. So once we had a chance to have conversations with people and and, um, there was agreement, Amy became aware of a grant opportunity Mm -hmm. through Advancing a Healthier Wisconsin Partnership Program. And so um, that kind of branch of funding or that stream of funding mm-hmm. um, was related to um, workforce. So it seemed a perfect fit. And um, so Amy took the lead on on the writing of the grant and she has been the person that's the lead. Yes, bit, the yeah, lead right. on it. And I'm a co-investigator and and you know, like basically try to help in terms of those community connections perfect. as much as possible right. in terms of you know, again, even um, to think about who might be a good fit, you know, like to be the person that's that's um, doing the nuts and bolts everyday stuff. Or, you know, how do we make these connections in the community to get word out about the program? And, and yeah, so, I mean, it's I, I think that Amy and I in AMP and in other things like we really try to have like our talents and experiences complement each other because we come from different backgrounds in terms of, you know, like her basic science and also um, experience in medical education. Whereas my background is more the clinical um, part and and that community engagement piece and working in public health and, um, you know, like community projects. And so so, that's such a good model for our current curriculum or the pairings of clinicians and foundational scientists. That's awesome. What would you say have been like one of the main successes of AMP? And then on, on the other hand, like what are the opportunities for improvement or or change? Like what do you looking forward to? Well, I think, you know, we're early on in the, in the program and we've had two cohorts that have actually gone through and completed that have completed AMP. I I, want to, I hesitated there just because we always want to continue to keep contact with the graduates um, because their journey doesn't end there. We did see like in the first cohort, we had a variety of of college students, like freshmen through people that had just recently graduated and had decided that, okay, I want to go to medical school. And there was such a variety in terms of um, the needs, you know, like as a freshman in in college, you aren't studying for the MCAT yet, Um, but yet somebody that's on the the ladder and, um, or maybe they've taken the MCAT already, or so there's a, a big variety. And so 
So that was one thing that we learned in that first cohort that do we want to focus in somewhere? Because are we focusing on like the early college? Um, mm. Are we focusing on those that are like really applying or getting ready to apply to medical school? Because we wish that we could reach all the way down to early childhood. You know? Sure, like, sure. Yeah, like we yeah. Know that, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah, so we know that there's there's you know, like a finite, we have to focus so that we can do what we want to do well. And so, so I think that like the success is that we definitely have had people that have gone through the AMP program that are now applying to medical school and basically have had success. CHIP internships have been really important in terms of getting students out there and experiencing being involved in the community, giving them stories, kind of like our Pathways projects where it gives them something like in addition to like what an application would have, we're working with the larger institution um, to think about how can we even streamline this a little bit further in terms of, you know, like complete this AMP program, have done everything that's required and have done a great job with it. You know, can we write a recommendation that you, you know, like actually get an interview up here in central Wisconsin? Great. But I mean, it's, it's a challenge you want to, you know, every year we think, well, how are we going to reach the students um, in our area. And, and it's not just focused on Hmong students, but um, rural students. And, and really, I think that we would embrace anyone who's underrepresented in, in sure, medicine. Sure. Um, we have a, a growing Hispanic population here. So I think that there have been, um, you know, good reviews in terms of some of our medical awesome. students have done more survey type evaluation and or focus group evaluation in terms of like what has happened to these students? Mm. Um, what did they find valuable? I think that they've given some pretty good reviews. That's so, fantastic. That, so there's a, yeah. the program is. It sounds like you have a good foundation for moving forward, and that's and that's awesome. And as we got wrap up here, what are two things about AMP you want the audience to take home? I think one thing is that. I think it's always a question that people have in terms of you know even the word equity and what Mm. that means. And, you know, we think about people having equal chances to do X, Y, or Z. And, and I think the pathway to get into medical school is a very arduous and difficult pathway. And AMP tries to help students that have not had the experiences or the mentorship or, you know, somebody that knows the process because it, these students are not any less qualified to go to medical school or become physicians, but they just have had, you know, like different experiences in life that haven't like taught them about these are the I's to dot and the T's to cross. Right, like, right. The sequence, yes. yeah. the classes, the sort of guidance of uh, knowing what that track means. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get that. And back to your point, or your personal point about the unknown. And it sounds like this program is helping those unknown things be known. And to give um, students the confidence that even if I have not had this prior knowledge that somebody will help me, you know, with this process. And they still have to do all the hard work themselves. But yet, if, you know, like a simple piece of advice about, you know, like, well, you really should try to get a little bit more experience with this. Or, you know, these are some examples of MCAT 
preparation uh, courses that might be helpful. And this might be a way that you can access it. And we do have a, a bit of financial support for the students as far as um, for them to be able to access things. So one more question for you. So you said that you, like for your graduates, you've had two cohorts graduate the program. So how do you envision AMP staying connected to those graduates who arrive in medical school? Is there a place for AMP or another version of it to continue to support them? Oh, you're you're absolutely right in terms of like thinking about what happens when yeah. you get to medical Because like there's the journey to and it's like yeah. journey through. Yeah, <laughs> journey through. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And so I mean, part of it with with AMP, if we are helping them to get into medical school here, I mean that's the goal would be to have them come here so that they hopefully come back here and practice. I think we have some ability to control that in terms of as a medical school, how are we going to support these students once they get here? And part of it might be, you know, being strategic about faculty that we hire, um, having supports in place. Um, I think that that's a really important, you know, piece. And if they go to another medical school, um, is it about, you know, contacting them? Is it about who is their mentor? And I think that's a really important piece. We also have to think early because how how do we get a student to even dream that they can be? Yes. Yes. And so although with our grant, we can't, you know, do all of that we can partner with people. And so we have been able to partner with the Wisconsin Institute for Public Policy and Service to help fund a high school program called Among Us, which it's targeting um, high school students who um, have interest in health professions. We don't expect that they know, like, right now I want to right, be right, a doctor, right. but like, how do we help them explore different health professions? Mm -hmm. And if any are interested in medicine, kind of steer them to the AMP program. Awesome. <laughs> But then we also have a pilot that happened in the middle school um, called Catching the Leadership Spirit, which is, again, like even more broad in the sense of just letting kids know that college might be an option. And, and through that, they brought like people from different professions, leaders, you know, like from their community that, you know, could, you know, like inspire them in terms of like, I can dream big. And so so I think that making those connections is really important because the families, the parents of these students can make a huge difference in terms of how they proceed on their journey. Well, thank you so much for being with us here today because you've definitely uh, been one of those individuals that has uh, made all the connections and creating these opportunities for, for people, as you said, who maybe don't necessarily think they can dream big, but they can. So that's awesome. Thank you today. Thanks, Corey. Thanks for having me. Today, we have the great fortune of having Emma and, and Jacob with us, who are graduates of the Advocates of Medicine Pathway here in central Wisconsin. It's a program that introduces students to the medical profession, to various community outreach, as well as uh, connections with local universities and offering courses related to medicine. Uh, we've spoken with the directors and staff and now we're going to speak with a couple of graduates. So welcome, Emma and Jake. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yes, thanks. 
So, and as always, we are very, very fortunate to be joined by our co-host, Dr. Anita Bublik-Anderson. Anita, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Beautiful day outside. We're uh, beyond the uh, snowfall that we had a week ago, and it's on, we're in a warming trend. So, sun's out. It's a beautiful day. So, let's hope that keeps on going. Today's conversation is going to be, as I said, about the, the AMP program and, and just to kind of get Emma and Jake's insights into what they experienced and why they got involved in the program and things of that nature. So Nita, you got any questions for them? I sure do. I'm really interested to hear their perspective. And But first, I kind of want to get the origin story. I want to hear about who you are and how you heard about the AMP program, uh, why you were interested. So Emma, let's start with you. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and, and uh, how you got involved? Yeah, so my background is I'm from Minnesota. I was born in Minnesota, and then in 2012, my family moved to Wyoming, um, where we lived for eight years, and then in 2020, we moved back to the Midwest um, here in Wisconsin to Medford, and so growing up, I was able to witness a lot of rural medicine stuff, and I shadowed rural medicine, and it just was really interesting to me, so then when I came across the AMP program, um, I was like, wow, this seems really cool. Um, I'm going to apply. It fits a lot of what I want to do with both family medicine and rural medicine. So I thought it would be a great fit. And that's why I applied for AMP. How did, how did you come across the AMP program? Were you in college or did somebody tell you about it? Yeah, I was um, attending the University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire and was just scrolling through like the weekly emails we get about all these opportunities. And I saw that one in my feed. Got it. Okay. So um, what was that process like for you to, you know, from like hearing about it to like, what was the time frame and, and how did you think it was going to help you? Um, yeah. So I kind of heard about it close to the application um, deadline. So I had to apply pretty quickly and get a letter pretty quickly to send it in. And I thought it appealed to me because I don't have any family really in medical background. Um, so I thought it'd be helpful to kind of walk me through those steps of what it's like to apply to medical school and the different components. Jacob, why don't you tell us about yourself and how you got involved? Sure. Yeah. Um, so I grew up uh, on a small family farm in Western Wisconsin. Um, so growing up, I was very much exposed to what rural medicine consists of and the, and the downfalls in the system right now. Um, the lack of uh, healthcare access. And so, yeah, I, currently I'm at the University of Minnesota Twin Cities, and I came across the AMP program when I was looking for medical schools to apply to. Um, I came across the Medical College of Wisconsin, Central Wisconsin. I read the mission. I thought that I really resonated with that. And so I was looking for ways to get involved in that campus community. And I, that led me to AMP. And I was interested in AMP just because I, I truly believed it would connect me you know, with better experiences. Like Emma, I don't have anybody in healthcare in my family. We're farmers. Um, so I was looking for ways that I could network and become connected with medicine. So you came about it from sort of backstepping from finding a campus you that resonated with you and that AMP was part of our program here at CW. Correct. Yeah, I would say I, I kind of used AMP as a tool to make me a more competitive applicant at specifically the Central Wisconsin campus. I gotcha. Okay. That's really interesting. Jeff, how about you? Do you have questions for Emma and Jacob? Yeah, I just think it's just so cool when we, when we have these conversations about the AMP program that's coming from the Medical College of Wisconsin, Central Wisconsin campus, that there's a commonality in the stories about this essentially first generation medical students. 
Um, Dr. Corey Norbaum had a similar story. And I think that commonalities can really tie people together and, and really help move the program forward. And I'll just add to Jake, I uh, too grew up in a small farm. And so I appreciate your comments about the, the access to healthcare and, and things of that, of that nature too. So was it a challenge to get into the program? I would say that they've since changed the application requirements since when Emma and I applied. Um, when we applied, we had to um, include letters of recommendation and other things, um, which could be perceived as barriers to some people coming from um, mm -hmm. rural, uh, low socioeconomic um, statuses. Mm -hmm. um, but that's changed now, so they no longer require letters of recommendation. Um, and that was actually a barrier for me. So I'm currently applying, but um, when I was in the cohort last year, I was going to be applying in May. And so I didn't want to use up my letter of recommendation writers um, for this right. program, but it ended up working out for me. Emma, how about you? Yeah, um, I thought the process, um, I mean, I don't know if I'd say it was easy or hard, but it was pretty straightforward uh, with the application and then getting the interview. Um, I was very nervous for my interview because I, I just get nervous. And so I thought I did really bad. Um, but then they um, told me I got in. So I was really excited to hear about that. But yeah, like Jake said, they did change up some things to make um, the process a little more. Yeah, like rural medicine, socio, low socioeconomic status friendly, I would say. So then, so you applied in the, the cohort for 2020. Two is that? Did I get that right? Or were you a twenty-one to twenty-two? Is it a whole year that you were in the program, or is it semester or summer? So Emma and I were part of the program from about January twenty twenty-two, and it ended in July of twenty twenty-two. Gotcha. Okay, thanks for clarifying that for me. So, like, what? So Emma, what was that experience like for you for those you know seven months or so? Like, what? How did it help you? What kind of experiences and insights did you gain? from the program? So the program helped me a lot with just realizing the process of med school. I guess I knew like big points of going to med school and what like big things were, but not like little details and the finer details. And I so I feel like with each weekly session, um, I was able to learn something different and also incorporate like the 15 core competencies um, when applying to medical school, medical mm. school, like into my application. I feel like relating back to AMP and the sessions we did, I was able to channel that when I was applying this cycle to medical school, when I was writing my essays. I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> oh, it does. That's awesome. Okay. How about you, Jacob? For me, what I kind of got out of AMP and what was most beneficial to me wasn't so much experiences or core competencies. It was that feeling of connectedness, knowing that there were other people like me mm. from rural areas. Right. Um, you don't see that at a lot of other schools, you know, at the University of Minnesota Twin Cities. I was thinking back while I was writing my secondaries for medical school that I hadn't met a single pre-medical student that had also kind of come from this role, social, wow. low socioeconomic class. And it really struck me. And so I felt very connected with the other cohort members in AMP. And it really empowered me and made me feel confident that I can walk this path. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, that's really great. I love that you had a sense of belonging, that like you were legitimate and had something to offer you know, right. on, this, on this path. I think that's really great. Yeah, Anita, you, you can speak more to this than I can. I think that sense of belonging is all is so critical to to a lot of success in medical school, right? Because it is a highly competitive environment, and oftentimes I think that competition can lead to division. Would you agree, Anita? That belongingness is a very key factor. And oh, absolutely, it's like a different level of competitiveness. Sometimes <laughs> maybe it was like when I went to school in the '90s. 
Yeah, it was, uh, you know, people vying for higher grades, more points, like the competitive electives. And uh, it was like, you're you're kind of, you're not working together. You're kind of working against each other in a way for like the prize. Yeah. How was it that you were able to make those bonds when you're actually in the, in the whole process of, of the AMP program? And what, you know, what things stood out at you that kind of were like, oh, wow, these people are part of, of the team that I'm on, not someone I have to compete with. Were there certain ways that you just went, oh, wow, that's, this is great. This is what I was looking for. Yeah, so the, the program was mainly virtual. Um, so yeah. it is difficult to make those connections, right, when we're all on Zoom yeah. in virtual meetings. But I, I felt I felt connected to the other people just because it was the first time. Like, honestly, I had been surrounded by that many people similar to me. And so even though, you know, we weren't able to mesh, you know, in person, like like what would have been nice, we still had that shared sense of where we come from you know and like as i was mentioning earlier at at the university of minnesota it's really easy to feel out of place when you don't fit in with the other people you know because they have a lot of different experiences than you and so amp helped me realize that my experiences are valuable too and they're different than what the other Mm -hmm. people have that's awesome um yeah i agree with what jake said and then for me too I feel like a lot of what made us um, and AMP kind of get along and mesh was that we were all just people with a story, not really competing for anything. And so knowing everyone's like personal background and their concerns with med school or their like positive things in life rather than what they scored on a test or like comparing your grades um, and just like having that more personal connection, I think really helped us all um, get along too. And, and so now you've, you've finished the program and you're in the application cycle for med school. Did I get that right for both of you? And yes. when, when you look back, like what are, do you feel like where you were a year ago and then having experienced AMP, like what have you gained? For me, it was uh, compared to a year ago, I'm just a lot more confident. I'm just a lot more confident in who I am as a person and who I am as you know, a future doctor, I guess. I feel a lot more confident wow. in that vision of myself. Nice. Uh, yeah, I would have to second that. Um, and then kind of like what Jake said about how he felt like there's more people like him who like want to go into rural medicine. I agree with that because kind of in the beginning, you're like, I don't, you don't realize the importance mm-hmm. of how much rural physicians are needed. Um, and you're just kind of like, oh, I don't know who would want me. I'm from a rural background, that kind of thing. And so I feel more confident too, not only with myself and my application, but with my background and my rural background and how that'll help me um, tremendously in med school. And then when I want to continue on. That's, that's fantastic. And, and we do spend a lot of time, at least here at Medical College of Wisconsin, Central Wisconsin campus, having conversations around professional identity formation. And so you both just keyed in on that. And so it sounds like the AMP program has laid a foundation for you to, 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 to establish that professional identity. So that's that's fantastic. So what are the two biggest things you want the audience to know about the AMP program? So I guess for me, the two um, biggest take-homes I want like people to understand how much AMP like gives you in terms of resources. Like they give you that shadowing opportunity. If you don't have any um, CHIP, which is a paid internship, they give you financial assistance with many other things. And then new this year, they give you um, the direct interview option for MCW, CW. And then the second thing I want people to understand is how 
good AMP is at allowing you to make connections with doctors and other community members in Wisconsin. I didn't really have many connections when I moved to Wisconsin. And so AMP kind of helped me with that. Um, an example I like to use is when I got my shadowing set up through AMP, I shadowed this doctor in Medford. Um, his name is Dr. Beauvais. And then I actually had such a fun time with him and the environment that I applied for my job there. Um, and now I work alongside him and all the others I wow. shadowed with. That's really great. Jake, how about you? Yeah, for me, the two biggest takeaways um, that I would like people to know about AMP is the networking experiences that you'll get through AMP, um, the people you'll meet, that kind of shared feeling of connection, the, you know, the physicians who are also role physicians and are passionate about what we're passionate about, is, which is role medicine. And then the second thing is just that confidence that AMP graduates will get. And that is incredibly important as you go into the application cycle for medical schools, just coming in with the confidence that you are enough, that you can be a, a good role physician and, and carve your niche out in your future right. practice uh, in rural medicine. Fantastic. Well, thank you both for joining us today. Anita, do you have any more questions for Emma and Jake? Um, is there anything else that you'd like to share? Not for me personally. I, I just want to thank you guys again for this opportunity. It was It's great to be able to talk about something that made a really big impact on me. Awesome. Uh, yes, I just have to second what Jake said. Thank you for having us. You're welcome. Awesome. Well, again, thank everybody for being here today taking time out of uh, busy lives and uh, telling your stories. Fantastic stories. Thank you so much. And we uh, maybe we'll see you on campus. Have a good one, everybody. Bye.